Welcome to the United City Church Podcast, where we think God is much less concerned about where you've been than where you're going. We really believe this message will help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Enjoy. Today, we're going to land in this particular subject, and that is called covenant keeping. Everybody say covenant keeping. You know, I think in life, uh, we forgot what a covenant is. And honestly, I think a lot of it is because we don't talk about it a whole lot. We talk about marriage as a whole. We talk about dating. We talk about relationships. We even talk about sex. We talk about all these things. But we, we, we've, this term is something that has escaped our society. Um, it's something that some people would say is archaic, okay? That it's old school and that the church doesn't need to be talking about covenants and, and, and we don't need to be doing this kind of stuff, but we're gonna talk about it today because it's crucial when it comes to your marriage. And we've, we've said this a lot. Listen, if you are not married, all the, married, all the single people, go ahead and raise your hand. All the single people in the room, go ahead and raise your hand. Cool. If you're single and you're looking for somebody, there's available people right now in the room, all right? And so just trying to help out. I can start a dating service right now, all right? So uh, all the married people, you know, if you're single, we talked about being godly now so that you can be a, a godly person when you get married, that you don't have to start being godly once you get married. You can start doing that now. For all the married people, we talked about what it looked like to follow Jesus together now instead of waiting until your future when your kids graduate. We talked about how we don't want to be just good roommates. Amen? Like marriage has become a roommate setting where we show up, we eat dinner, we hang out, we walk away, and the bedroom is not very good. Like our finances are not very good. It's because we have just showed up and we have just showed up to take our place as husband and wife, and that's what you do. And when the kids graduate high school, we don't even know each other. But today I wanna talk about what it looks like for us to keep a covenant. And this is what it says in the book of Matthew, chapter 19, verses three through six. It says this, some Pharisees approached him to test him. I love this, that the, the church people approach Jesus to test Jesus. Um, and this is how we do all the time. We're, we're always trying to catch Jesus in some kind of like, oh, is that true or is it not true? And the church people are always trying to test Jesus. And this is what they say. The Pharisees approached him to test him. They asked him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? And this is Jesus's response. He says, haven't you read? He replied, that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female. And he also said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Okay, so for all you guys still living with your parents, uh, heads up, the goal is to leave your parents' house. Leave your mother and your father and join to your wife. And then it says this, and the two will become what? The two will become what? One. one. Like it's not division, it's vision. All together one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Here's the deal. I think that what God has joined together we have allowed people to separate. 
And listen, I know we, we live in a society where we have seen divorce. And so if you've experienced divorce in any uh, part of your life, whether, uh, whether your parents got divorced or whether you've experienced a divorce, let, let me go ahead and say this now. Um, we're for you as a church. Um, if you've been through divorce, we don't hold that against you. We're not upset about that. As a matter of fact, we, we are concerned about your future, not your past, amen? Like we're, we're not concerned about what you've been through. We're concerned about the journey that you're on right now. So if you've been divorced and you've been remarried, my goal is not to try to trick you into thinking that you're a bad person. My goal is not to trick you and to say, hey, you need to get it together. No, my goal is to point you to where you're at now. And where you're at now is super important when it comes to life. Some of us, we live our lives focused solely on our past. And our past keeps us from our future. Oftentimes, we're thinking, oh man, like I've done this and I've done that, so I can't, I can't go where, where God wants me to. And I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen God do some redemptive, amazing crazy grace-filled work in marriages, okay? So if you've experienced that, let me just say this. As a church, United City is for you. As a church, we're gonna support you. As a church, we're gonna love you. And as a church, we're gonna do everything we can to be there for you. But I know some of us have experienced heartache. And I know some of us have experienced things in our lives that we wish we wouldn't have experienced. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way that we have approached marriage. Oftentimes, we approach it um, the wrong way. Uh, and there are people who approach it the right way. I think this is our, our thought process. Uh, I'm gonna get to the age of 20-something, some people 30-something, and that's completely fine too. Um, or older, it doesn't matter. So for all the people who you know, wanna throw stuff at me, it's okay, it doesn't matter what age you are. Here's what, here's what matters. I think we have this mindset, and the mindset is this, is that if I, if I get married, then I have to get a house, and I have to make sure the fence is perfect around it, and then I have to make sure that I have a fireplace for all of the uh, Hallmark movies that are about to play that aren't real. Um, I have to make sure that my life is strategically planned out. And when everybody sees me, they're gonna think that I have the best marriage in the world. They're gonna think that all my pots and pans are perfect, like they are like uh, Chip and Joanna have them on, on the show. Like we're gonna think that, and, and, then, and then we're gonna think, man, if, I, if my marriage was just like Chip and Joe, then everything will be good. And most of us can't do the stuff that Chip can if you're a dude, amen? Like some of us are like, oh, I can, yeah, no, you can't demolish your house. And he doesn't even do that half the time. It's just a show. And so like, well, we, we have this, this preconceived thought that marriage is supposed to look like X. It's supposed to look like this. And the reality is this, is that we get into marriage and it never looks like what we thought it was going to look like. Like if you see the video, like there's toothpaste and the person you married squeezes the middle of the tube, right? And, and you're like, oh, what were they thinking? And then there's the person who puts the toilet paper the wrong way on the, <laughs> I'm preaching right now. People are like, yes, there's people already, we're gonna do marriage counseling right after session today, all right? It's like, there, there's people who put toilet paper on, on, the, on the wrong place. There's, there's people who, who fold towels the wrong way, right, ladies? Like, you're, you're a husband's like, why can't he fold a towel the right way? 
We have all these preconceived thoughts. I remember when we first got married. Uh, I, I was a bachelor for 24 years of my life. So like when we started hanging things on walls that weren't posters, I didn't know what to do. And it's like, I knocked stuff off the walls all the time in our house. Cause it's like, there's things, why are these things here? Why is that picture there with a candle on it? Just that shoulder length so I could take it out. Why is there a vase on here? Because you know that I'm gonna bump into this and it's gonna fall and it's gonna break. Like I remember Amanda coming in and I would have a plate and it would be broken. And she'd be like, you broke another plate? I'm like, I'm used to styrofoam. Like, what is this? Who, who operates this way? And I think that we have these preconceived thoughts of what marriage should be. We're like, oh man, like it, here's the deal. It, when it comes to relationships, it's never gonna be what you think it should be. It takes work. It takes perseverance. It takes a whole lot of conversation. It takes a whole lot of one-on-one, -on -one making sure that you guys are on the same page. And, and, and I don't know if you're like this, but like me, I run from conversations with my wife that, that are tough because I'm scared, not of her. I just don't want to like, ah, I don't know what to say. I talk for a living, but when it comes to being married, I'm like, I just go start vacuuming. <laughs> if we get in a fight, I walk away and I'm like, I gotta do the dishes because this is the only thing I know to do right now. And I gotta vacuum faster because if I vacuum faster, she'll love me more at this point in time. And I'm always trying to do all these things that if I would just have the conversation that, that things would go better. So relationship goals, when we see pictures of people it makes me laugh. So I wanna show you some pictures of some people that I think are, are funny. Like this is like the ultimate, like, oh. And I saw that and I was like, you know what? I've got some relationship goals, hashtag goals, hashtag relationship goals. 13 million searches on Instagram for relationship goals. I was like, oh, you know what? I can one up that. Let me show you this. I was like, my, oh, like, you know what I'm talking about? I was like, yeah, you people think you got goals. Look at that. Like, I, that, that's in my backyard, by the way. It's beautiful back there. Uh, so like, I was like, I can one-up those people. Not a problem. And then you have people like this who are always setting the stage for like fun. Like, let's just all fly through the field like we're flying an airplane. And I was like, they ain't got nothing. Watch this. I was like, let's tickle our wife. <laughs> and she's like, why? Look, she's yelling no. Like you could tell, like if I could add a meme, it was don't touch me. All right. So like, we're, we're, we're having fun. I'm not sure if she is, but we're having fun. And we just, we, I'm like, I can make goals too with my life. Here, here's another one I love. It's like, oh man, this, this that's a really pretty family, by the way. Like that, that dude's a, a handsome guy. His, his kids are good. Like they, they are, they've got it together. And I'm like, oh, y'all don't even know. Like my family, we, we got something on you. Look at this picture of my family. We're like, hey, like, I was like, you know, I, I, we can do this. Like we got goals too. And I think oftentimes what we see in a picture is what we think is reality. People flying through. Uh, listen, you know how many pictures we had to take to get that one? <laughs> we did this as a family. We got, it's me, Amanda Cooper, Rob Witt, uh, Kennedy, KK, and uh, Bobby and Teresa. And KK's running around everywhere. There's cactuses everywhere. We're like, no, 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 don't run over there. Like, 
We took a million pictures that day just to edit one that was going to look right. (laughs) Cooper's like, I can't believe I have to wear this. Where are my sweats and my tennis shoes? We, we, we live life this way. And what happens is when we see this on the internet, when we see this in life, we automatically assume those people, they got it together. And it's just not reality. This is a lot of hard work to get a picture taken the correct way. A great picture of a great godly marriage takes a lot of hard work. A lot of it. And so often, we think that this is it. This is the goal. You know, it never fails. When we, we, every time when we post something like this, somebody's like, goals, fire emoji. I'm like, it was fire emoji, all right. Like, we were like, can we get going? Because we've been here a long time. Uh, to get these 10 photos that look amazing. What does a covenant look like? What does it look like when we go through life and we see pictures of people and we see them living their life and we want what they have, but we don't know what it is, what they've got. And we just, what does it look like? I'm gonna talk to you about three things, three approaches to marriage. Three approaches to marriage. And I think we've all taken these approaches at some point in time. Uh, I think some of us have, uh, are probably still in these approaches. And so again, please, uh, as we dissect the next few moments, please uh, just lean in because I believe that marriage is the greatest evangelism tool that we have today. There's nothing better than marriage. And we're gonna talk about uh, three approaches to marriage. And here's the first one. It's a casual approach. Marriage is just a piece of paper. And a lot of us, this is how we view marriage. Oh, it's just a piece of paper. It doesn't matter. I may give it a try. I'm going to give marriage a try. No, <laughs> don't give it a try because it will, it's going to be a lot of work. Uh, a casual approach to marriage, uh, it's something that we, that we just have Taken. As a matter of fact, I would say a casual approach to marriage puts sex over your marriage. It's like, well, are they, are they good in the bed? Well, then our marriage will be good. A, a casual approach, as long as two consenting adults agree, then it feels good. That's a casual approach to marriage. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hang out. Let's get married. Let's have some kids. Let's not have a plan. Let's just take this real casually and let's just see where it goes. Let's see if it's gonna work out. It's not hurting anybody. It's not a big deal. The 21st century can't expect me to go without that for sure, right? Like it's just just casual. You see, what happens is since marriage doesn't matter what we do, and sometimes we, we wind up moving in together, we live and we're married in our hearts. It's convenient. We, we're gonna save money. We're gonna do all these things. We're gonna test some things out, which is funny to me. We're like, 
we're going to live in the same. I love it when people are like, hey, we're going to live in the same house. We are not going to do anything, though. And I'm like, mm-hmm. let's just be honest about this. Let, you, know, it, you know that Barner Research showed in 2017 that 57% people said that they are currently or have previously lived with the person uh, that they are married to before they were married. Now, if you are here, let me, let me go ahead and break down this barrier now. I am not trying to attack you. I, if this is you, um, I want to just remind you that as you're walking this journey, I'm not asking you to kick each other to the curb right now. I know the thing, but what I am gonna ask you is to think about what you're doing. Um, because a, a covenant marriage is not a casual approach. It's something that's real. And I think so often we take a casual approach to marriage and what that has bled into is our casual approach to Jesus. It's a real life thing. You know, casual approaches, they're they're committed to leaving their options open. Casual approaches, cook dinner together, hang out together, but there's no covenant. There's no strength. There's no there's, there's, there's nothing of substance to it. So what happens is when you take a casual approach, when something gets tough, what do you do? You run. When something becomes tough, you're like, oh, I'm, I don't have to be in this because I have nothing binding me to this person because marriage is just chilled. Like, I'm just gonna chill. No big deal. For years, multiple people have played house and practice divorce. It's just that it's not been in a real way. We've lived together, had life together, did life together, and then when something went wrong, we just practiced, you know what, I don't need to be in this anymore, I'm just gonna do my own thing. And here's the deal, guys. I, I know that today, that I'm probably gonna step on some toes and I'm okay with that. But what I want us to know is that there is a God-honoring way to be in relationship. There's a God-honoring way to have goals. And just because we live in a society that doesn't have the same values as us does not mean that we have to succumb to the values of society. The second approach to marriage is this, a contractual approach. Marriage is a contract. A contract is based on mutual distrust, all right? (laughs) Like, in case you're wondering, it's, I got to sign this contract because I don't trust you to make sure that you're going to hold up your end of the bargain. (laughs) Anybody ever had a rental house? Praise the Lord, I don't have one anymore, but I did. And guess what there was? A contract because I don't know you and I don't trust you. And guess what those people did? They trashed my house. They trashed it, but there was a contract in place and we made sure that that contract was met and we had conversations, but it's not a handshake. It's a contractual agreement of, I don't trust you. It's for your benefit. A contractual approach is for your benefit. It's, well, I will love you if you do these things. And you'll love me if I do these things. If you don't squeeze that toothpaste in the middle, I will love you more. And if you don't love watching the 55 movies that Hallmark is going to release during Christmas season. 
all brand new or whatever, how many ever movies it is, if you don't like those, then we just can't do this. We say, as long as you can deliver, then I'm a part of it. As long as you can do this, I'll, I'll be a part of it. And, and what happens in marriages is we make contracts that quite frankly, we can't cash the check for. And we say, you know, you do this, you do this, then I'll do this. No, no, that's, that's not a reflection of Jesus's image for the church. Jesus did not love you if you did things the right way. Jesus loved you because he loves you. And in our marriages, what we do is we hold things over people's heads in a contract that say, if you don't, and, and hear me out, if you're here and you're not married, you do this too in your dating. That's why you're dating. <laughs> because if they don't hold their end of the bargain, peace. And that's okay. At that point in time, dating, contractual dating, have that all day. Like, didn't work out, sorry. You don't like what I like, we don't. And here's the deal. Some of you, you thought that you were getting married and that you guys would love all of the same things. <laughs> and all the people laughing understand what I'm saying. Thought, man, and it's funny because there's a point in time where she was probably like, oh, he's just so cute. I just love how chill he is. And, and then when you get married, she's like, he just can't do anything. Like, why is he so chilled? I need somebody who's, I need somebody to take control. I'm like, well, this is what it started with, right? It was just so chill. And then you're like, oh, she's, she's just, man, she's so great. And she's organized and she's super planned. Why is she trying to plan my life? And you're like, why is she doing that to me? And we, we live life this way. It's because we're in contracts. We're not in actual covenant relationships. And, and so often what we do is we live our lives playing marriage. If you're not happy, you're out. And what happens when we get married when we're not happy? Guess what we do? We jet. We don't stay and fight. We don't stay and give our lives. We don't stay there for one another. And the third thing when it comes to this approach is this, a covenantial marriage. Okay, and now a covenant is something that I'm gonna talk about for a second because it is, there's a lot, okay? It's not based on mutual distrust. It's not temporary. It's not motivated by self-interest. As a matter of fact, if you read, if you've ever been to a wedding, most times they will read 1 Corinthians. They talk about love is this and love is that and it's not puffed up and it doesn't boast and it doesn't do all these things. It's a covenantal marriage. A covenant is based on a mutual commitment and an unconditional commitment motivated by a sacrificial love for the other person. It's a covenant is based on a mutual commitment and an unconditional commitment motivated to be a, motivated to be a sacrificial love for the other person. A covenant comes from the word the old, in the Old Testament, okay? So here's what would happen in the Old Testament. I, I'm about to freak some of you guys out because the Bible can get really weird, okay? So just bear with me for a second. In the Old Testament, what would happen is when you wanted to marry somebody, they made a covenant and it was a blood covenant, okay? So what they would do is they would cut a bull in half. They put it on one side and then they put it on the other side. And what would happen in Jewish history is you would have to walk seven circles around the bull. And what that symbolizes is that if you didn't hold up the end of your bargain, that you were pretty much to be like the bull. Yeah, I knew it would get real quiet when we started talking about weird stuff in the Old Testament, okay? But, but hear me out. So they had half a bull, half a bull. This covenant, there would be a shedding of blood. They would give their word and their commitment that I'm gonna be with you forever. I don't wanna be like this bull. I don't wanna be cut in half. I'm gonna give you my life. 
And occasionally, what a priest would do is he would ask for the hand of both the man and the woman. And they would cut each other's hands. And they would actually make their blood rub together. Now, I know that's weird. Thank God we ain't doing that these days. You know, it, it, it got a little crazy in the Old Testament. This was signifying that what, Le, what the book of Leviticus says, that the life of the person is in the blood. And what they were saying is that we're going to exchange our lives together that it was really a big deal. Like they didn't just walk into marriage like, hey, we're gonna get married. And then what would happen is after the wedding ceremony, which by the way, lasted over a week, we're like, what? We're like, we gotta spend all our money in one day. These people are like, no, we celebrate in covenant. Like we're celebrating marriage. It's gonna last over a week. And then when everybody would come back together, so for that week, what would happen is the male would go to a place then the woman would go to a place and she would have all these perfumes and all these spies. She would go to a spa, all right? And the dude would go hang out with his boys and he's prepping. He's like, this is a covenant. Like, mm, I cannot wait for this to go down. This is like every man, okay? This is what happens. I cannot wait for this day to happen. And then what would happen is they would go to this celebration of all the people. And then there was this room called a hoopah. Which kind of sounds kind of like a hookah lounge, but it's not. It's a hoopah. And this room is where all the fun went down. So this covenant would happen. All this stuff would happen. And then they would walk out to the celebration. Everybody would be like, woo! Can you imagine how embarrassing that had to be? Like, this is, like, the hoopahs where they were hooping. And then they walk outside and they're like, hey, everybody. And her like lipstick's over here on the side of her face. And he's just like, my shirt's untucked. I don't know what just happened. And they had to walk into their celebration. It was a very, very, very serious deal. It meant everything to them. They gave their lives for this moment. And I'm gonna say this because marriage matters to God. So it should matter to us, amen? Like we should take this thing seriously. This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is real life. And so often we take it casually. We take it contractually. And I know, like you're, some of you are probably thinking, bro, it's 2019. Mitch, I don't, this is archaic and it's weird. I don't care. I don't. And here's why. Because I look across the spectrum of our society and I see brokenness and I see average. And I see marriages falling apart and I see families disgusted with each other. And I see life where it's like, oh, I can't stand that person. And I see divorce and I see hurt and I see anger. It's because we've taken a really soft approach to something that was really meant to be amazing. A covenant is a binding blood agreement that says, I will give my blood, my life for yours. And what it signifies is this. 
It is an exact and perfect representation of Jesus who gave his blood for us, amen? And so when I think about Jesus, he didn't take it lightly that he was gonna go to a cross. He didn't take it lightly that he was gonna give his life. It wasn't just casual agreement for the sins of all humanity. It was the real deal. He gave his life for all humankind. I just wanna remind you today. Some of you are sitting here today and you're thinking about all that you've done and all that you're doing right now, but here's what the Bible says, that therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. You've become a new creation. There's no condemnation. So if you're focused on your past, don't be, because we're not. We have this saying that we say around here all the time. We say this, we love you where, we love you for where you want to walk on this journey. We love you for where you are, not where you've been. God is more concerned about where you're going than where you've been. And hear me out today, at United City, that will be our declaration. Like we're concerned about where you're going. I'm not concerned about where you've been because where you've been doesn't matter to me. But I am concerned about where you're going and I want us to go to a place, a whole nother level when it comes to marriage. How can we be Christ-centered? How can we be covenant-keeping? How can we be enemy-fighting? How can, how can we do all these things? We have to have some goals. And some of you, your goals are good some of you, your goals are not in the right place. You've got good goals. It's just that your marriage is not one of them. You've got good goals. It's just that your relationships aren't one of them. And God wants to transform you. Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can visit unitedcityfw.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and even share with your friends. Thanks for being with us today.